0: middle-aged men in Cleveland, Ken Dworsnick and the ever-famous Ted Klopp. Ted, complete pleasure to be with you today. It's nice that you dressed up for our interview. Thank you. Got the tie on. I appreciate that. Yes. Kind of like dressing up for a phone interview. You know, it's one of those things. (laughs) So we're at episode 70, my friend. And I'll be honest with you, I racked my brain. I could not think of a famous football basketball or baseball player with the number 70. So I'll dedicate this one to my mother oh. who just turned 70 in August. So how oh, about I like that. There yeah, Nick turned 70. So there we go. That's that's how I remember episode 70. I, I can't I like think that. of anyone. Can you? Uh,
1: well, my uh Google uh, machine tells me that Kendall Lamb is number 70. Who is uh, offensive tackle for the Tennessee Titans? <clears throat> Lamb. Uh, yeah.
0: L.A.M.M. Yeah. OK.
1: Yeah. There he is. There he is. So oh, we got Congrats. might be I the don't...
0: most famous thing that happens to him. So. Yes. Right there. There we I'm go. An out of town podcast. Perfect. <laughs> well, Ted, <laughs> we're at that time of year. And for the last year, I would say almost two years. Things have been obviously many, many things have been different. But one thing that you and I have always connected with that is coming up here this week is the Oktoberfest. Oh, I love it. I remember the years that I would see you and your family, <laughs> your kids would be <laughs> dressed up, you'd be dressed up and yep, we'd meet each other there and all that. And and this year, what they're doing for uh, once again, it's at the Berea Fairgrounds is that they you can go this weekend. And if that's not enough, you can go next weekend. So two I weekends see. in a row this year. So I'm guessing the theory is to try
1: to break it up. Over two weekends, maybe have fewer people there, but I think my guess is that's what they're trying to do. I'm going to guess that what's going to happen is they're going to have a lot of people there for both weekends. Because, oh I'll yeah, be honest, uh, uh, anybody will find a a reason to go have some German beer, right? Oh,
0: I would concur, and you can buy a you can buy a pass for both. Oh so, well, you know, you can, there uh, you go. Yep, you can fully engulf the Oktoberfest and. Take in the craft beer and have yourself Jägermeister and look at the Glockenspiel and all the foolery that's involved with that as well. So I know
1: Spy (laughs) Dry Zufa, Dicky Ducky, Dicky Ducky, Oi, Oi, Oi. Classic. Yep.
0: Complete classic.
1: Well, Oktoberfest is coming up. And coming up on this week's show, legendary drummer from the band Night Ranger, Kelly Keegee. And his tour manager, or their tour manager, Cleveland's Ed Repepe. They are here to talk about the Danny Repepe Memorial Concert, which is one week from today. Hard to believe. Unreal. We also have uh, good news about a woman who gave birth in the cargo bay of a C-17. Oh, boy. Our overachiever this week is a real swinger. And in Klopp's clips, a man fled from police in a mortuary van. And that is not the strangest part of the story. And now, a woman's perspective.
0: What has eight arms and an IQ of 60? Four guys watching a football game. This has been a Woman's Perspective. Ted, as always, we have some very good news. A pregnant Afghan woman who boarded a U.S. evacuation C-17 gave birth in the plane after having complications. Oh, goodness. She was suffering from low blood pressure. So the commander descended the aircraft to increase the air pressure in the cabin. That stabilized the mom and may have saved her life. Wow. The life of the baby who was delivered successfully in the cargo bay after landing. Wow, what a great story that is. As if, as if there isn't enough
1: tension and stress going on in that part of the world right now, you got an a- evacuation plane. Oh, by the way, there's a pregnant woman on board, and we have to fly lower or she might die. Unbelievable. But it all turned out well, and that's really all that matters in the end, right?
0: That is just some really good news. Blah 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 blah. Blah blah blah. Blah, 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 blah,
2: blah, blah,
0: blah,
3: blah, 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 blah,
2: blah, blah,
3: blah, 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 blah,
0: blah. All right, today's guest has been a member of Night Rangers since 1979. The native of Eugene, Oregon, is the drummer and sings lead vocals on several of their hits, including Sister Christian, Sing Me Away, and Sentimental Street. Night Ranger has sold over 17 million albums worldwide and are looking to expand that number with their latest album entitled ATPBO, which released on August 6th. Night Ranger is touring the country in 2021 and 2022 with performances all throughout the U.S., including a stop in Cleveland September 8th for the Danny Rappepe Memorial Concert. The most important. Nautica. <laughs> Let's talk with the very talented Kelly Kagi, who is joined by friend of the show and tour manager, Edra Pepe. What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Before we talk about Night Ranger on tour and the memorial concert, Kelly, talk about your new album, ATP, B-O, which is short for And The Band Played On, which is really cool. I know this was an album that was worked on during 2020, but I recently learned That this album was put together and this is amazing while none of you met in one studio at the same time that is just amazing talk about the album and talk about the unique experience putting this album together
2: well we've been building up to it you know some because a lot of us have our own studios and you're able to record tracks in this software called pro tools that people have been using for years and years you guys might even use it at the station but um you know so we've done some of this already but to put to not put together the songs in person was actually you know was ridiculous to us <laughs> we tried to get on zoom and jam you know and it and it and, and as you guys know you know when somebody starts talking over you know like if you're saying oh i want to jam you know we thought we could jam like play live and it was just a disaster because everybody was out of time and we're like what's wrong you know So we had to do it all over the internet, like sending clips from your phone. Like I got this idea and here's my chorus idea. And here's, here's a song, try this. And it was all over the internet over the course of like three or four months. And um, so we started to put it together like that instead of getting like, you know, like I did initially, I went, this is not going to work, you know, but it, it, but eventually when you started hearing the ideas and you started to get into the whole idea of like, okay, let's Let's try and do this and let's try and work and see if I can come up with an idea for that song. And then it just started to snowball from there. And when the ideas started to flow from Carrie Kelly to Brad Gillis to myself and and Jack Blades, you know, all those ideas, you know, just started to really come together because we could record real parts in our software. So it made sense like, oh, yeah, I hear it now. So then it, it just started to really come together. The session started to get bigger and bigger and bigger with ideas and we had to actually like you know uh, weed through it because it was so much but we do have a hub an engineer uh, co-producer guy in Nashville that we've been working together uh, for about four albums so he takes all those parts and he puts them into a master session and he mixes it makes it sound good so over that whole course of development, you know, we started to hear the songs really come come alive. And then it was like, oh my God, this is gonna work. And then we started realizing we had more great songs on this album. So, you know, it really, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes you do your best work when you have a gun to your head. You know, I heard that and in, in Get Shorty, you know. I, I thought that was such a great analogy. It's like sometimes, you know, when you're under pressure and you have to do something, you do some great stuff. So that's that's how it came about.
1: Well, there are 11 songs on this album, and some a couple of the songs that are featured, Bring It Home to Me and Breakout. I read a review of the album by Jonathan Smith. I want you to tell me if this is correct. This is a quote from the, the uh, review. It says, it's a common mistake these days to assume that veteran acts like Night Ranger are simply riding the coattails of years past. With a very current production quality and a mixture of influences broader than the ones that originally made Night Ranger a household name, this is definitely an outfit that is continuing to progress, contrary to what some cynical talking heads in the online media will suggest. Rock is far from dead, and those who still crave it will find a filling 11-course meals worth here to fuel the choir of voices shouting that you can still rock in America. So there's a really long quote there, but is that kind of what you guys were looking for uh, from the album? Is that does that exemplify
2: Night Ranger uh, these days? I think it does, and it, I think it does from the last three records. We've been trying to, uh, you know, just keep you know current with with what's going on, you know. And after all these years, you know, almost 40 years, we've been. Next year is going to be our 40th year. It's like, of course, things are going to evolve, you know, musically, we get influences from stuff all around the world, you know, and, and then, and then you get to the point of like, what are we going to write about, you know, because that's probably what makes it you know, it makes a interview, you know, interviews and interviewers go, oh, these guys just sound old, you know, it's, it's just all about trying to, you know, like better ourselves and better than the last record and keep moving forward. Like Jack says, we're like a shark, you know, if you don't keep moving and eating, you know, and creating, if you're like a shark, you just die, you know, if you don't keep moving forward. So, I mean, you know, that's kind of what it it's, it's built up to be with us internally, is that we just like to be as creative as possible, but we like to try and better the last records. So we've always gotten that like, oh, yeah, just a ballad band, you know, and back in the day, that was a record company, you know, uh, releasing singles. That they thought were going to there were going to be hits, you know, and and they were just trying to make their money back because they you know they fronted the money, you know. I mean that's that's what it is. So it's a business deal, but at the same time, it's not good for careers as a rock band to move forward, and it's hard to move forward when it, when the ballad was on the second album, and then the the third album, the fourth album, they it's all the the first singles were were you know were slow tunes or ballads, you know, and it was like. Holy crap! What are we going to do with this? So we we got over it.
0: (laughs) That's outstanding. Well, Night Ranger has been back on the road for some time now in 2021. Can you talk about what it's like to be back on the road in front of live crowds once again?
2: Well, I mean, we um, under the radar last year during COVID, we did some shows that were that were pretty like you know they were controversial. They you know we did some (laughs) bike rallies. We did like three bike rallies last summer. And then this summer we did uh, we did sturgis last summer and everybody was like, yeah. you can't do that, you know. Everybody was masked up in the whole town, everywhere I saw. So it was totally, you know, everybody was, you know, trying their best. Sure. And and then the other, you know, we did these big huge events, you know, and people were just being great about it. And I I don't think any cases came out of those, you know. Um, so so people were really, you know, but but Regarding us getting back on the road, it was amazing because we were, you know, just like everybody else, we were stuck, you know, uh, for sometimes six months without doing anything. So we were just like ready to just, uh, you know, we were just ready to get out there and play. And so were the audiences ready to come. So
3: there was a point where like, Carrie's like, Hey, I'm like missing all you guys. Can we get on a zoom? So like 14 of us are on a zoom, you know, the crew management and the band, and it really felt good that we were doing it now every week. It was like Saturday night at eight o'clock and we're like, well, isn't anybody doing anything? And, not, and we weren't. We have cocktails. But it was wild because everybody, yeah, everybody's got cocktails, making drinks and appetizers and we're talking, but everybody kept looking to me because A, I'm the tour manager, but B, you know, as you guys live in Cleveland as well, Ohio was like a leader in how to deal with this. Dude, and, yes. you know, the guys on the West coast, you know, California and in Washington, they're crazy out there. They, they have no <laughs> except sometimes. And it, really, it was really wild hearing them go, Ed, like, what do you think?
2: <laughs> hey, Don't edit it. Happy happy yeah. to
1: bury other cities and tell everybody how good <laughs> Cleveland is. Now, Ed, we mentioned at the beginning <laughs> of show, the show that Night Ranger will be part of the Danny Rapeppe Memorial Concert, Jacobs First. Pavilion, September 8th. Can you talk about how the concert and uh, talk about the concert and how this all came together
3: well you know as you guys know my brother passed away on september 24th in that tragic accident on 480 but so danny always said no to everybody you know can't help you i'm sorry let me take that back (laughs) danny always said yes to everybody like the word no didn't exist and so we wanted to give back in some way and when he died the news media really hit on the the give back from the the canine units and whatnot. So we just kind of dominoed that. And we said, how can we make it one more level up? And I'm like, let's buy dogs. Let's buy four dogs for greater Cleveland. They'll put in a grant. They'll do this. They'll do that. And it'll be awesome. And so when I went to the guys and said, hey, we're going to do a memorial concert. Are you guys in? I mean, it wasn't even a question. They were like, yep, let's do it. Let's get it done. You know, we knew Danny and out of all my brothers, they knew Danny the most because he would come to most of the concerts. So you know, this is a 20 year relationship that they've met him over the years. Yeah. Mm. such a. Great and it was about to
2: logistics too. Like, you know, we were like, where are we going to be? You know, are we going to be out there? You know, we had to figure out how we could get crew equipment. And that was Ed pulled that whole thing together with the crew. Like, yeah, we're going to be
3: here. Well, we could go from there to here. You know, it's like, so it worked yeah. out perfectly. Yeah. I mean, there is a, there is a budget. There is a bottom line in the rock and roll industry and it's, it's, it's how we do it. It's no different than you guys industry, you know? And so it's in logistics is huge for us.
0: That's really cool. Well, before we get more information about the concert and how to get tickets, I have to ask Kelly a couple rapid fire questions that fans want me to ask. So I have to ask these questions, nothing crazy, just kind of normal stuff. You probably heard color. What? No, no, no. Close. Close. Is there a song you enjoy performing more than
2: others? You know what it is when you're a songwriter, I think that it's whatever you're working on at the time becomes your favorite because you don't want to just, I mean, you know, we love all the old songs and the audience, I mean, you know, they come in there with us, but I think it's our our last three albums, we've been really creating some good songs and we've been playing that. And we've also been dipping into like the first and second albums playing some of that stuff too. So some of those songs we haven't even played so we brought those in. So those are like new songs to us again. So I have to say, you know, that it's the early, the early, early stuff that never got played. And the last records we've been, we've been playing some of those songs. So in answer to your question, I don't have an answer. A great answer. Figured as much. Yeah. All right. Well, what about the most
1: memorable concert you performed at? What would that be?
2: Oh, geez. I think, I, I think I'd have to say we played the, the, uh, the Texas, it was, it was in Texas, and it was a huge event that they used to do every year, Texas World Jam, or uh, I can't remember what it was called, it was in Dallas, uh, Dallas Cowboys Stadium back then, and that's where we met a lot of our peers, we met Bon Jovi, we met Ted Nugent, Scorpions, Deep Purple was headlining, wow. and so I, I think that was the most memorable, it was probably one of the first stadiums, big stadium shows that we ever did, and it was like, Holy crap, you know, because the audience is like a hundred yards away. So you have to like, kind of like get your enthusiasm up, even though there's no like direct contact with the audience, but it was that show. And then it was a hometown show after that on that same tour, when we came back, and we were playing with journey in uh, Oakland stadium to play at a hometown uh, stadium show being a fairly new band on this, on the second tour was was unbelievable because we came out and it was like, oh, my God, this this is our hometown is 60,000 people and they're all like standing up. So I was like, there you go.
0: That's awesome. All right. Last rapid fire question for you, Kelly. Is there a celebrity who attended one of your concerts and asked to meet the band that meant
2: the most to you? Two of them. Steve Perry playing, we were playing the Greek theater. He stuck his head in when we were getting ready for the show, and he just walked in, and he looked fantastic. This is after he left Journey. So that was one of them. It was like, oh, my God, Steve Perry. and He looks like a- <laughs> amazing. And then cool. Bill Graham, the famous promoter. Wow. You know, having him come in the dressing room when we were um, uh, early on, and I was like in awe of this guy because he basically invented live big, you know, big venue uh, concerts. Took the Rolling Stones on tour, you know, for the first time and did stadiums when nobody knew how to do that, you know. So it was like Bill Graham coming in the coming in our dressing room and telling stories about Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That was hands down, that was the best. That's really cool. got plenty of time
1: for that guy. <laughs> uh, well, Ed, if anybody is interested, and hopefully lots of people are, since we talked about budgets earlier, if folks are interested in getting tickets to the Danny Rippey memorial concert on september 8th let me see how many more times i can weave that into our uh, interview here but where would they get uh, what's the best way to get tickets for this event
3: uh go to livenation.com in the search engine type in danny rapepe and it comes right up and you can buy off the seating chart or just pick the next gamble that you want to pick awesome Great. That's really cool. Well,
0: we're looking forward to the concert. I will be there looking forward to to seeing Night Ranger. It's been a long time since I've seen them and I can't wait to hear you guys. I'm, I'm pumped and uh, should be a great night, but we really appreciate you taking the time with us. I know you have a busy schedule. Got a show, I believe coming up in Vegas on the 21st. Is that correct? Is that your next yeah. live show? So you got the right yeah. tour manager. He'll get you there. I know you guys yeah. will rock it out. And, so.
1: and I'll, 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 I'm going to
0: try to be there, but I think I'm going to
1: have to get a hall pass from my wife because I don't think, We'll find anybody that wants to watch our three high-strung kids long enough for us to go enjoy a concert,
2: which might mean
1: my wife will say no too. But uh, if nothing else, I'll just say good luck and uh, thanks for all you're doing.
2: Well, thanks for the opportunity of, uh, you know, uh, uh, helping us w- uh, with this show with Ed and and his brother. I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be a great event. And, ho- you know, we're going to be able to do some good for the community, too, with these, you know, buy these dogs and the equipment. I think it's really important. So.
0: So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Be a great time. Well, guys, thank you so much. Continue to be All safe right. and have a great concert coming up on September 8th. Thanks a lot. Take care, guys. Have a good day. Ted, time for the overachievers. It's me. It's me this week. I know it is. Unfortunately, it is not. I have a gun. But it is a New York boy who set a Guinness world record last week. Every oh. week we have a Guinness record, which is awesome. Sean Lewis. Yeah. Get ready. He spent 36 hours swinging on a swing set. That's well, right. Yeah. 36 he... hours swinging on a swing set. He got he nothing else to record do. record by... What's that? If you have nothing else to do. Well, I guess you could swing. Sure. Yeah. He broke the old record by three hours. Wow. He just didn't break it. He smashed it. Yeah. His family said this. His family says this has been a favorite activity for him for a long time. He says the toughest part was swinging through the night, but he was allowed 20-minute breaks every four hours, and he prevailed. You know... I I know these records,
1: you know, they have these breaks. I think that I don't know that that's in the spirit of
0: the record. Oh, taking a break. Yeah, I would agree with you. If you're going to do this, then you better go to it. You shouldn't get breaks. Yeah, do it. Either either you do it or you don't do it.
1: If you you don't get a Guinness,
0: whose problem is that? If you fall asleep, how old do you think Sean Lewis is? That he's swinging on a swing set? I might have uh, to look that one up. I mean, I'm a I'm not a very big man, as many people know. But I couldn't swing on a swing set because. It's not meant for older people, so I I don't know if if Sean is a younger person or a shorter person, but I'd be interested to know that because I can maybe swing a couple times and I got to try to lift my feet up on some of these swing sets. So, yep, yep. Oh, Well.
1: Swinging for 36 hours apparently makes you an overachiever.
2: The most trusted name in journalism, Klopp's Clips.
1: All right, Ken, here's the news you probably haven't heard and certainly should have, so here we go. A woman in Wisconsin in a McDonald's drive through when she spotted a Buick sedan, three cars in front of her with a cow in the back seat. A whole cow. A Buick sedan with a cow in the back seat. She grabbed her phone, shot some video, and posted it on Facebook because who else, if you don't have video, who's going to believe you saw a cow in the back of a sedan? You got to do it. So the owner of the cow was one of the more than 110,000 viewers of the video. The owner contacted the woman who shot the video saying that the cow had just been purchased and it was actually a calf, not a cow. Oh. A calf. And it wasn't the only calf in the back seat. There were two other calves back there. Who we're also in the back seat having just been purchased at an auction. Three calves,
0: three calves. Two more and you have a basketball team. I think that's something that you're going to start doing. I mean, in your minivan, you can start throwing some calves oh, back there with the yeah, kids. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I like that idea. You know, if I was going to go to an auction looking for calves, I think I'd take my Buick sedan and just take right. my chances. That seems the perfect vehicle for the calves. Very comfortable. I agree.
0: Cloth Get seats.
1: Yes. Well, you give them the back seat. All right, here's a follow up to a story you might recall. A judge has ruled that a Michigan couple owes their son more than 30 grand for throwing out his collection of adult magazines, videos, and more. 43 year old David Working won the lawsuit some eight months ago, and now he knows what his collection was worth. He had lived with his parents for 10 months after a divorce when his parents discovered and disposed of his. <clears throat> collection.
0: Well, David, he's a winner. Won the lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> wonder what it's worth now. Lost the items, won the money. Yeah. W- wonder what he'll spend that money on. I have a good idea. Yeah. We'll just yeah. leave it right there, though.
1: Police in Georgia still looking for 23-year-old Kajan Griffin. They were chasing him when he stole a mortuary van to make his getaway. As he did so... A body on a gurney rolled out of the open back hatch and into the parking lot.
0: Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Employees from the mortuary service were able to secure the body. The van that Griffin escaped in hit multiple vehicles and blew a tire on the getaway route. Griffin jumped out and ran into a nearby woods. He is still on the loose. My gosh. So I wonder... If that happens, does the mortuary service have to disclose to the family of that particular lost loved one uh, what what happened
0: during I mean, the that transportation? Is, I imagine they probably have to. I mean, that's just insane. That that's I mean, you couldn't make that story up. That's just Close unbelievable. the back door so the body doesn't roll out. My gosh. And then this guy's still on the loose.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess the other uh, funeral homes in the area should be on the high alert. Wow. Well, All right. Well, that's a uh, killer story. Uh, I can tell you, dying is. laughing over there. <laughs> that 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 is kind of put the that it's kind of deadened this segment, hasn't it, Ken?
0: Any any more you think I can come up with? I don't know if there's any other comments that could be made. Yeah. But I must say, this was a heck of a collapse clip. I'm proud of you. This is good.
1: Well, Ken, we're coming to the end of
0: episode 70. Can you believe it's September 1st already? No, I can't. No, it just flies by. Once the school year starts, it seems like it just rolls from there. Soon enough, we'll be sipping uh, pumpkin lattes. You know, yeah. I know that's one of your favorite things. And then looking... the. At the leaves fall off the trees.
1: Yep, yep. Halloween coming right up. Uh, oh, yeah. Right I know that's one of your favorite holidays. Oh, I love it. I can't wait to see what my kids are going to pick to dress up as this year.
0: That'll be fun. You know what I'm going to go as? A middle-aged white person. Is that what yep, you're going to go as? you got it. With? That's it. Okay. That's it. Yep. You got it. Middle-aged guy. How about you? Um, I will go as probably this year. I, I thought I'd change it up. Um, an undersized average American, because I'm one half inch shorter than the average man. I see. Five okay. eight. The average man is five eight and a half. So okay. That's what I'm going to go All with. Right.
1: Well, we want to thank uh, Kelly Keege and Ed Rappepe for joining us on the show this week. Of course, the Danny Rappepe Memorial Concert one week from today at the Nautica Pavilion, ticketmaster.com. If you'd like to get tickets and support a great cause, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Ken. Portion of the proceeds go to can- the canine fund. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah.
0: basically, the different police departments can get vests for their dogs. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Outstanding. Well, who do we have on the show next week, Ken? Well, we have a gentleman. We like to have younger people on as well. So we could kind of pretend as though we're hip. Yep. So there's a very good artist. He's only 21 years old. His name is JT Lux. He's actually um, working with the guitarist from Tesla, the gentleman by the name of Frank Hannon. He has got a modern rock style, and his music is really, really good. He's writing his own stuff. I'm very excited to talk to him. He's he's in a band, and all three of the guys are under the age of 22, so it should be a very interesting conversation, but uh, JT Lux, it could be one of those things, Ted, that We're talking to somebody who gets pretty famous because I'll be honest, I've listened to a lot of different music and sometimes, you know, it's like, I don't know, this guy's talented. I I definitely, you know, see him doing big things later on. So that should be a great interview next week.
1: And when he gets to those high heights, he will remember two middle-aged men in Cleveland was his launching pad. I'm sure that's
0: exactly right. We, we took him over the top. Yep. You know, he didn't, he decided he wasn't going to talk to the big national groups. He's going to talk to, to to these two fine gentlemen from Cleveland. So now on a serious note, it's it should be a great interview. It really should. Well, Labor Day is this weekend. So roast, roast, love it. And I just want to make sure everyone knows we're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland.
2: Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Anchor.FM. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And by Westminster AV. Custom audiovisual packages for all occasions. <laughs>